Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we start this episode, could you do me a favor? Could you rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts? And also, could you subscribe to our YouTube channel? That's at youtube.com slash by the hood. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. want to say thank you to everybody that supports everything that we got going on. Special shout out to all the students at By the Hood University. Things are going crazy in there, man. Folks is getting money with precious metals, stock options, cryptocurrency, NFTs. It's just amazing what's, what's being built. Um, you know, so we're actually living through history. So I want us to give a special shout out to all the students at Body Hill University. I'm joined by my partner in crime as always. Core, what's up, brother? Yo, you know, every day above ground is a good day. Uh, you gave a special shout out to the students. I want to give a special shout out to our partners, man. People, they really be in there helping out, man. Like we don't, we don't, we don't know everything, man. But we, we, what we do know, I mean, you know, what we don't know, our partners help to, you know, fill in the gaps. And so that our, you know, our students and their students get, you know, they get a great experience. So I would like to, you know, shout out our partners also. Yeah. Shout out to all the partners um, for helping us build out what we got going on. Yo, also shout out to the uh, students. So yes, we can. Right. So uh, Corey and I embarked on another project. Though, you know, we always trying to find ways to give back to the community. So we've been uh, teaching the uh, children of the Yes, We Can program and their program is just amazing. Um, Something that we do on the weekends as a way to like, you know, give some mentorship and some guidance to some young folks, but they have us teaching finance. They get aviation class. They got drone training. They get analytics training. So what they're doing with them students over there is going to be, it's going to be amazing to see, man. But listen, um, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who look just like us, who are doing amazing things in business as well as the community. This brother that we're joined with now, he's also in Bodyhood University, by the way, but he's doing amazing things in the real estate space and property management, as well as real estate investment, man. Lorenzo Jackson, what's up, good brother? What's going on, fellas? How we doing today? Oh, Great. man, listen, we're excited, man, man. Excited to have you, man. Listen, because um, you can attest to some of the things that we're doing within the university, man, but we this, this is really about you, though. But I'm just glad to have you as a part of the university because, again, the, the smarter people that we bring, the more value we can add to um, you know a lot of folks. I got to say, uh, by the hood, it's been the best investment I've made all year. Um, I can't, I don't want to be forthcoming and tell you how much money I made, but the money I spent on the course just to get in the Facebook group, I think I probably made almost 20 times as much in the first six weeks of the year, which is amazing. So Yo, I'm, I'm glad to get busy. And I'm surprised when I say six times, and that's because I got a little, I got with a little Corey on me and I went rolling. <laughs> we talking like almost 30 40 times so I'm, I'm very happy to be here and i feel like i should cash up y'all something every week no man it's all good man no. it's, 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 it's about building i'm glad you said that. i'm just letting you know right now that that will be a commercial man. i'm just letting you know man because i thank you for saying that though man but this right here is really about you man um because you're doing amazing things in real estate as well as property management but let's start from the beginning just tell your story um where are you born and raised I was born and raised in Southwest Philadelphia. Okay. Um, right off of Whibby Avenue, a small block. Um, so I was born in Southwest. I was actually a private school educated up until I went to high school. What private school did you go to? 
I mean, I'm hoping y'all know a little bit about the best high school in Philadelphia, which was Central High School. Okay, yeah, listen, listen, man. You know, you're a Central grad. You came a little bit after us, man, but it's all love for every Central grad. But what what uh, private school did you go to before you went to Central? I was in the French uh, system with uh, the Philadelphia school. Oh, you want them smarty arty dudes, man. Friends ain't no joke, man. Yeah. No, it's not. So we, we learned a lot of the fundamentals there uh, when it comes to math, reading, and science. And I, I know that that helped me along my way, just having that foundation of the math, the reading, and the science that we, you know, that we work use today. I actually use that today. Yeah, so let me nice. ask you a question um, about your parents because obviously they they valued education too. Because because for another thing about friends is friends ain't cheap. So no, so so they, they so they invested in you. I know Corey was putting his kids through there, and it costs like more than uh, most folks' mortgages. So um, what was it about uh, your parents that made them value education? Were the educators themselves, or what was it? You know. Well, that's perfect. Well, the way to connect the two was my father actually had multiple properties and those multiple properties. And they let it be known that those properties were paying for us to go to school. That's fine. Oh, man. that's fine. So, you, so you second generation real estate guy. I yeah, I'm a, I'm a second generation uh, real estate guy. So but in Southwest back in the day it's similar to what Kensington and Allegheny is today. It's, it's not the best area. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the best area growing up. And he had multiple multi units, uh, a couple of duplexes that that were that are valuable now. They're worth almost you know a half a million dollars now. But he since he sold them when we got to college. Got you. So so that real estate. So that right there, as you're coming up, you see the power of real estate. As I mean, real estate literally, if you look at it, has changed your life. I mean, it puts you in a space where you can go to um, one of the best schools in the nation and the best high school in the nation. By the way, I just want to say that. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, now I was just gonna say real estate, real estate, um, just already in your story. So you growing up, you saw the power of you know investment property. I saw every aspect of it. So like I'm a basketball player, so I would get off the basketball court, come home, and my father would say, "Okay, it's time to go collect rent. We're gonna go sweep up these apartments. We're gonna go paint." So that was something that was built into me early on. So it's always been a part of it. We knew it was. Uh, it could lead to other avenues as far as education and the money. You could use it for a lot of different things. But I also got both, saw the money and I saw the hard work behind it. And uh, a couple, I saw the unfortunate side as well, where we had a tenant died inside the apartment when I was young. Um, we did our old school evictions the old school way. So I'm a six foot uh, 13 year old and I'm holding the bat. And this man hasn't paid his rent. He's like, look, we're going to get him out of here. One way or the other, and if he, you know, if he act the wrong way, then you just swing. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> he does it. I'm praying this man just leaves because I don't want to swing this bad. I'm 13 years old. I just have to be tall. Hey, listen, pops was schooling you. Pops was schooling you, man. He's putting you down with the game, man. Oh yeah, he put me old, down. Man. Old school eviction. <laughs> oh, that's the old school way. Like we bringing, uh, you know, either keys and the bat, and we gonna work this way out. There's no cops and no judges involved. We get, we gonna get, we get through it. So um, <laughs> I learned a lot from that too, though. The way we should run our business. I knew I knew that I did not want to do that as an adult. I knew I didn't want to have bats and guns and just to get people out. So that also led to, you know, sort of how I run my property management business where we don't have to do that. That's just not a part of it. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Um, when you went to Central, did you play ball in Central too? I did not, man. Harp, uh, Mr. Harvey, I never made the team. Okay, uh, yeah. I was about to ask you to get the opportunity to play for Harp, man. Um, because because Harp was that guy. Well, me and Corey played was right before Harp took over. We played for Greco. 
Okay. Me yeah. and Corey both was on the squad. We played for Greco though. But shot the uh, shot the uh, Mr. Harper. He, he's Wait, that y'all guy. Wait, y'all the basketball team? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, we we heard. Heard. Oh, dope. Yes, sir. That's how me and Corey met. Me and Corey met playing ball. Okay, I seen the football pictures. I didn't know y'all. Okay, y'all. Okay. Yeah, Corey's yeah. on the football team too. I, yeah. I didn't play. I, I played football one season, and they told me you had to get up too early, so I stopped showing up. Like <laughs> this, this is like uh before school even started. Like months before school started, you had to show up, and I'm like, I ain't doing that. But you know, that's either here nor there, man. But we definitely play hoops. But uh, with that being said, though, um, so you went to Central after Central. What did you do after Central? I'm a HBCU grad. Uh, went to Hampton University down in okay. Virginia. Shout out to all my yeah, folks from Hampton. Shout out to the HBCUs. Yeah, because I went, y'all went to Lincoln, right? I went yeah. to Lincoln. Core went to uh, Westchester, but yes. But, okay. I, but I got a lot of folks that went to Hampton. Now, you know, and a lot of my folks went to Howard, too. So I'm not going to get into the Howard-Hampton thing. But what I will say, man, shout out to all the HBCUs, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we got a good presence, especially in real estate, even especially in Philadelphia. We got a strong presence here. Um, and I'm loving it, whether it's Hampton or, you know, uh, yeah, we're we doing our thing. What did you major in at uh, Hampton? The crazy part is my first major was entrepreneurship. Okay. Damn, they had an entrepreneurship major? They have an entrepreneurship major. So I went to school to be an entrepreneurship major, but then I realized that none of my teachers were entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I, I'm like, how are y'all going to teach me to be something that you're not? Uh, <laughs> and then I switched to management because... So, so I can actually have a job to get up when I got out of school. So that led to me changing my major. And I had internships most of my year, most of my summers. And I was a uh, retail management was my really my uh, more so designation. So I worked okay. at Sears and Target. And I was uh, actually at the home office in Sears. And my first job out of school was in Sears. So I that was my path that I was going to go on was to be a store manager for either Sears or Target, but uh, it's crazy, right? I think about like um, this audio as well as video like lives forever. So this will be like on YouTube and, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts or what have you. And in the future, folks are going to be like, what the hell is Sears? Right. See, we 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 old enough to know what Sears is, but, you know, um, yeah, some folks is like, what the hell is Sears? But anyway, Sears used to be the most dominant retail chain there is. That shows you about business, though. And you can see that, yeah, you see what happened to them. They were they were dominant in appliances and almost every aspect of retail back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So so now, so now you um, you know, you're majoring in management. This that's what your career path. How did you make a change and, and get back into the family business? How that yeah, come? It, it sort of happened all of a sudden because I with with retail, they had inventory and they wanted us to work 18 hours a day. So I actually walked in one day. I worked 12 hours and I left and I came back the next day and they were mad that I didn't work 18 and I quit that day. And I told my mom I was going to get my real estate license and I was going to I started real estate that next day after I quit my job. I didn't have any money, so I had to uh, borrow some money from my parents and they helped me get through the getting my real estate license, getting through school. And once I quit, I had to work as a waiter at Olive Garden. So I was a waiter at Olive Garden for five years. I was a waiter and I substitute teach both to, to until I was able to get a job in property management. So that was the struggle. So you, you've paid your dues, basically. Oh, yeah. I put it in, man. Yeah, you've paid your dues because, uh, you know, um, and, that, and that's that's amazing, though, man. Listen, because you, you didn't quit. You kept going. You kept going. So what was your first 
big break in real estate that allowed you to, uh, you know, grow your real estate business? I had a few. One was I started during the 08 recession. Mm -hmm. Well, my first break was when I sold a house in Virginia and I made it was almost five thousand dollars and I made just enough to come home. So I came home with that and I, my niche was renting properties. So I found that I could get half a month's rent for a commission for renting a property. And I started to specialize in that. And I once I did, I think it was 20 in a month. I started that was my niche. Just kept renting him out for an investor and he had 400 properties. And then I rented all of his properties out and I called him up and said, okay, what do you have next? He said, I don't have anything. So I transitioned to work for a actual apartment complex as a leasing consultant. So that was how I transitioned from sort of entrepreneur or what they call like the gig economy into the corporate world as a leasing consultant turned into, and I worked there for 10 years and I turned a property manager. I ended up being a property manager, worked my way through that system. How, what was it about that specific part of real estate um, that that you that made you good at that? Like, what was it about that that you excelled at? Well, it was fast money, and all of my friends they weren't looking to purchase houses at the time uh, because hey, we didn't have we, a lot of a lot of us had jobs. We didn't have the credit, so we were all figuring that part out together. So we all wanted to rent, and I knew that I was able to rent multiple properties at a time. And all all day, and I can do it so fast, really, really quickly. So if you rent a property on the first, I was getting paid by the fifteenth, and I could do five, ten, twenty of those a month. And once I sort of labeled myself as the rental person, I I couldn't even turn my phone off, and I was able to do both: work my nine to five job and rent out properties, and they correlated together with working both of them together. That's interesting, right? Because um, one of the most powerful things about real estate is all the various ways you can make money. Um, you know, when you start talking about real estate, there's some real estate agents that make millions of dollars a year. Um, we always talk about the investors, but the property managers and appraisers, that's one part we don't really talk about, but I've met appraisers who make millions of dollars and they don't even own property. And I'm like, yo, no, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it, the real, real estate pays people in so many different ways that it's just amazing. And property managers too. Like I, I, I've met property managers. One of my early mentors managed a bunch of property and, you know, she was getting, you know, X percent from each door. She had hundreds of doors. Yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're, she's making more than like, you know, um, some of these people that own a bunch of properties just by managing other people's property. So it's just, you know, so for the folks out there listening, if you're thinking about getting into real estate, understand that there's a lot of ways to get to a dollar in real estate. Yeah, yeah. you don't have to have, especially with property management, the barrier to entry is just, it requires a lot of hustle and communication. So you're communicating with the owner or the, and you're communicating with the tenant and it's sort of, that's, that's the strength. If you can communicate with both parties, then you're the middleman and you're just eating, you're just making money monthly. And I appreciate the monthly income. And if you find, I don't know if you want to break down the business model. I don't mind doing that as well. But you can break down. It's 10 different ways you can make money just by managing the property, which is another benefit that I was able to learn in the corporate world as well. All right. So do that for us. I mean, you don't have to go into specifics, but just give us an example of, give us a couple examples. Because I know like from following your IG page that you're an investor now as well. You own your own projects, yes. but you still make a lot of money as a property manager. Give us a couple ways as a property manager that you make money. So one way you make property is one off the top is managing the property. So you can either have a, a set fee or you can charge a percentage. Most people charge a percentage between five to seven percent. 
or you could charge a flat fee of, let's say, $50 per unit. So that's one way. The next way is every time that the apartment turns or somebody leaves, you have to rent that apartment out again. So in that, you can get up to a half a month's rent, even a full month's rent. So you're, you benefit from the tenant leaving. So you could benefit from managing the property, actually leasing the property when it's gone. And by us owning a managed uh, construction company, we can also make money from turning the apartment. So when we turn the apartment over, you need to paint it, you want it cleaned, we can do all of that. And then we have a small surplus on top of that. And in addition to that, every time something happens when it comes to managing the property, maintenance wise, if you have your own team, you can also make money off of that as well. So we have an our plumber come out and he may charge us $100, but we may charge back to the owner $150, understanding that that's, that's our fee for our service fee. Um, so that's four different ways. And if you can imagine, if you own 100 different units and you have 20 service calls, uh, 10 people moving out, and you got 10 people moving in every month, it the amount of that you can make is, is amazing. Hey, you make more yeah. than the, you make more than the damn owners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So well, listen, I, I, listen, your, your story is amazing because, um, like I said, you paid your dues. You know, it, it sounds like a Hollywood story. I want to be in a waiter, but you did everything to get yourself to uh to be in this this position that you're in now. Um, what is it like now being a landlord or someone that owns property? Because you, you moved to that side as well. Owning the properties, it can be tough, especially right now with the eviction moratorium. And you want to have, I started this to help our people. And being a landlord, it almost it's a conflict, a constant conflict, because I don't want to have anyone out on the street. That is not our goal. We want to provide luxury housing. I don't want to evict you because now I just hurt my community. And that is the opposite of what we're having. So I've been trying to educate our tenants. They know very well about the eviction moratorium, but they don't know that you can be evicted. And some people haven't been evicted because we just haven't done it yet. But we try to educate them on different programs. And if you've ever been evicted from us, it's because it was the very last straw that we had to do. Um, and I think that there's strength in numbers. When you own multiple properties, you don't have to. You're not stressing that every month to pay a certain amount of bills. Like, I think we need 50 percent of our tenants to pay. And all of our bills are paid. Every other, everything else on top of that, then we should be okay. Oh, that's dope. You got to yeah. figure it out mathematically. That's 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 pretty dope. That's another. That's yeah, a gem you, right there. Yeah, you actually know the numbers. Like I, I know, I know landlords that don't know nothing about the numbers. All they know is to go grab and then flip. And but you know the actual numbers behind all of the what's going on. That's that's pretty dope. Listen, you'd be surprised. There's landlords that don't even know how much they cash flow. I'm always shocked at that. When you say, well, how much do you make? They know how much they get in rent. Right. But you ask them what their expenses are. And I don't they, because they're, they're, you know, basically you can. Here's a, all right, another thing I want to say. Let me slow down real fast for the folks listening. You can be a landlord, right? You can be an investor and still live check to check. People have this thing. They think you live check to check when you work in a job. There are landlords that live check to check. And in fact, they live in check to somebody else's check because if their tenants don't pay, they're in trouble. And I think that uh, COVID exposed a lot of that as well. People that don't have reserves and, you know, don't treat investing like a business. It's like you can treat it like a hustle. You can treat it like a business. You know what I mean? So you got to have reserves and you got to understand your numbers. So um, great point right there about you knowing your numbers. You already know that if 50% pay, you're good. Yes. 
And then, uh, I mean, it helps when you have a certain percentage of Section 8 because then they're going to pay a certain amount on the first. And if you structure it correctly, 50% of your tenants will be on Section 8. So you already know on the first of your month, you're good. And then you just have to try to collect the rest. So is that something that you uh, strategically try to do? You try to keep about a 50% Section 8 um, ratio? I phased away from Section 8 a few years ago when they changed their, their pricing. So it, was, it wasn't beneficial to us because there was a few hundred dollars, it was like almost a $300 gap from what we can get on the market and what we can get on Section 8. Really? So some, yeah, it was. And West Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. In your specific area. Okay. Yeah. So I, I could get, let's say, 1300 up to fifteen on the market. And my most recent one, we got eighteen. But if I would have taken it to Section 8, they would have only gave me 1300 So you're talking about a $500 difference a month, and that's $6,000 a year. And as much as I love Section 8, I couldn't I couldn't be in that program in certain properties that we had. Got you. Got you. That makes sense. So that, that all comes down to knowing your areas, too. OK, so do you concentrate just out in West Philly or do you buy all over the city or where, where do you concentrate at? I do buy all over the city. I just so happen to have a niche in West and Southwest. And I don't want to forgive this, but my mentor is a South. He has 400 properties in Southwest Philadelphia. So I was able to learn and he took me under his wing right after I got out of school. The guy I worked for, he's older, older gentleman. He's a, he's a white man, white gentleman. But they really took me under their wing and taught me everything that I knew about property management. What, what type of tenants to look for, uh, what type of cash flow to have, what type of problems I'm going to have in three years. And even broke it down and what type of problems I'm going to have in 15 years as my mortgage starts to expire. I said, wow. So. I have a blueprint. He gave me a good blueprint of a 20 year plan that we're year four and year five and uh, execute. So what is your goal? Is your goal a certain number of doors or a certain number of cash flow? My goal was 100 number of doors because I know if I can reach 100 doors, my kids won't ever have to work for anybody if they don't want to. Um, so we're at a good number right now. I'm about, let's say, a third of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and. We'll, we'll get there. We have to buy multi-units. But I know with that, now I changed my goal after meeting you guys. I wanted 10,000 shares. So that's really <laughs> the, last, uh, the last six weeks. Unfortunately, you know, Corey, I do want to talk to you about plug maybe after this. But later on, yeah. 10,000 shares and 100 doors, that's the goal right now. Got you. Got you. That's an amazing thing to shoot for. So along this journey, right, Um, and you have, you've had, you've had a journey. Um, what has been the biggest hurdle, right? So you've had mentors, you had your father to teach you, but is is the biggest uh, hurdle when you when you um, had to leave your job, or was it something else? What was your biggest hurdle? I think the biggest hurdle because we were in a community that maybe wasn't ready for some of the development that we were putting. Um, so when I tell you the the bad part about landlord, let's was I have I had guns pulled on me, I had a knife pulled on me. You get all types, you get a certain type of threats, and I don't think that people realize how the safety issues that come with being a landlord, like you actually are not a walking target, but people will target you if I try to evict you, but not keep, for not paying your rent. Somehow we end up being a bad guy. And, you know, I'm out. I'm, I live in these in the city and I'm not going to hide. So you will you will see us. That's one. The other was, yes, when I quit my job, I was so used to having my checks every other week. Um, everything that could happen, happened in that first 30 days where I was in the hole and I had to do a few things to, um, 
I had to pick up different businesses just to make it to the end of the month. I bought four houses 90 days after I quit my job. And that was looking back. It was it was very bold, but it could have went an entirely different way if any of those projects would have went uh, south. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's, 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 that's amazing. So, yeah. um, Corey, you had a question you want to ask a good brother? Yeah. So you, you, you were working the nine to five and then doing the property management. What was the time management on that? How did that time management piece work? And that's a part of the reason why I quit because I was up at five, um, sometimes four. And if I was working on a project, I would go to the project before I went to work. Then I would go to work, um, work until about five or six o'clock, go back to the project. And then I would be home until about nine, 10 o'clock. And I did that for, I did that for almost five years, uh, working four to 10. And on the weekends, we're, four, we're 10 hour days for 10 to 12 hour days. So that was the moment I knew I needed to quit was when my daughter, she picked up a book and she read it. And I had missed her entire education phase. I didn't know she she knew how to read, and I said, you know, I'm wow. going to miss my kids growing up if I don't stop. Wow, yeah. that's, that's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, you, oh, paid, yeah. you paid your dues, brother. Yeah, you, and then the thing is, you knew to stop. Like, all right, I need to I need to go ahead and let this go because yeah. you know, money is important, but it's not as important as being able to raise your family. So, I definitely understand that. As a person with three kids, I definitely know that struggle. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's a hard train, and I won't say hard transition, but we have our our goals for our financial goals. Hundred dollars was the thing, but then you got you know these two little ones looking up at you, and you don't want to miss their. I don't. You only get one shot to raise your kids, so I, I wanted the, the opportunity to be there and taking them to school, picking them up, cooking dinner. So I love that stuff. So now you know I kind of quit it. I shut it down at a certain time, and like Fridays is our day, and. Sunday, Saturday nights are our, you know, our days to sort of hang out. That's what's up, man. That's that's that's, yeah. that's admirable. No, yeah, you got, you got it. Was it was uh, I think it was like June first, a couple years ago. I had made more money coming in from my rent collection between the time I started work and lunchtime than I was going to make in three months. Mm. So. That was the moment where I said, "Okay, I made I was making uh like fifty thousand dollars a year, but I had made almost nine thousand dollars in the morning from rent." I was like, "I don't even know why I'm here." Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm overdoing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing I'm doing too much for no reason. So I was like, right, "You know what? Thanks a lot. I'm uh, you know, I'm gonna put my two weeks in, and I'm sure they were. I can go back if I really wanted to." That was, my biggest fear was overcoming that fear. Like, what happens if everything? Go south. If everything goes south, then we just go back, go back to work. Yeah, that that's part. It's an amazing point, right? A lot of times people have that fear. It's like just go back. Also, if you're able to save and you put up enough, then you can float yourself. So, but I think this the part of your story I want to concentrate on right now as we're having this conversation is the fact that you were able to start to build your empire while holding the job down. Because yeah. some folks feel like they have to just go all out and quit their job, but um. I see a movement now. Folks online are like, no, build no. your wealth while working. Do both because you can do both. And at some point you have to make that decision, but you could do both. Yeah, I think it's important that you, you want to do both until you get to the point where you can't. Mm -hmm. um, and I did both. And I don't look I don't I have a wonderful wife and she was able to hold the family down for all those years that I, that I wasn't there. Um, but 
Yeah, without my nine to five job, I wouldn't be here because financially you need those pay stubs to be able to refinance and use the bird method. You need those. You, you Everybody's not going to pay rent on time, especially starting out. So you need that pay stub and that check to be able to get you to where you need to go and also save up enough money to buy your first few properties. That's the cheat code. You mentioned another cheat code. I want to ask you about this. You talked about your wife. Um, and I, I tell uh, younger folks that, you know, have, having a, um, a great spouse is a cheat code, someone that can hold you down and, and, and understands your vision. Right. So speak to that. Uh, let our audience know what is it like to have a spouse that sees your vision and, and helps you along the way? Well, I was fortunate, though, because we've been together for 18 years. Wow. Ooh. Awesome. So, so she was able to. Um, and a story about it, because we were getting married and I had purchased the property yet, and I was trying to get to sign a prenup for the houses that I, were, I was going to buy after we got married. Um, <laughs> I'm like, when you sign a prenup? She was like, well, I'm like, well, you, what if you try to take all my houses after we get married? She's like, well, you don't have any houses. You work at Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> but hold up, though. But you had the vision, though. Even working at Olive Garden, you told her what it was. That's, that's right. What... So, and she was able to stick with me. Um, You see, I got my Alpha shirt on. So that was a process during school, uh, in the Olive Garden phases, during the first few renovation projects. Um, coming home, going to the police station, people, you know, so she was able, that is a cheat code to have, understand that we have a vision, but as a man, uh, I think you need to be able to create those things and have those barriers to where I'm going to give back to you. So now I take the kids to school, I'm cooking dinner and I'm doing certain things so she can have her time back. And that was a promise that I made to her a long time ago. If you stick with me through this, I'm going to make sure that it's worth it. That's dope. Dope. Well said. Well said, good brother. So a um, couple more things before we get out of here. What is your favorite book or a book that's inspired you along this journey? Um, I, I could say The Richest Man in Babylon, but I really, The 50th Power, uh, if you have ever read it by 50 Cent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the, yeah, the 50 Laws of Power. 50 Laws of Power, yes. So with that book, he sort of created um, – just a mindset where he created the environment where I'm from, not necessarily the streets, but the urban culture mm -hmm. to business and being able to connect those two and how they are very, very similar. I've seen some sharks in this business and you have to be able to adapt to a certain lifestyle. You can't cry about it, um, but you just have to stay sharp and be on your, yeah, I would say just stay sharp and be aware of what's going on. It's funny because um someone else had mentioned that on here too, the 50th law. That was a good book. But did you know that um they're actually making that a, a TV show now? Word. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's uh I know that. it's 50 Cent and Kenya Barris, the uh, the brother. Um, I think he did blackish and grownish, but they're, they're turning I, I like blackish, man. I mean yeah. blackish, black is, yeah. That... So I think they're working together. I just saw this that they're gonna make that a show. It's gonna be like a um, you know, episodic show. So it's uh the 50th law, but it's kind of like be parts of that book about the 50 the 50 laws. But, you know, taking place in terms of like, you know, 50 stories. So that should be dope. And that is an excellent read. That's a definitely an excellent read. So, man, thank you for sharing all these things, man. So what's the future look like? You've already told us that now you want to add some shares to that, man. So is that what the future looks like? More investing? Well, future, and I'm trying to take a blueprint off you guys. I told you uh, I'm a big fan. So I love what you guys are doing in the by the hood, just the overall university. So I, I do have. And this, I have a free platform. My goal this year is to create 10 real estate investors. So if I can create a community similar, how we pulled up on the mint and got those coins. Yeah. Um, I would love to, for us to have 20 or 30 people in these auctions, these real estate auctions, and just buy everything up and have everybody wondering what happened. 
It's like, yeah, you know what happened? We got financially informed. We got our funding and we we're ready to buy buy our hood bag. Literally, that, you know, yeah. that's what we're trying to do. But we're actually here to do it house by house, block by block. And it doesn't have to go in my pocket, but I wanted to go in somebody else that looks like us pocket. And we're going to keep our hood the same way. And man, then, that's, let me ask you a question. Yo. So how, how can we help you with that, man? Like, um, are, are you taking students now or, you know, because we want to make sure that, you know, we, we help push things forward. I think right now, I think you guys are doing your part. So you guys have, um, you're creating minds. You open my mind to 10 different ways to make money. So I'll focus on, on our real estate. You got the NFTs. Uh, but if you know anybody that that has a house, I don't know if you hold. So I would say drop it in your group first. Try to keep it all in the family. Mm-hmm. The last few houses that I sold, they did not sell to people that look like us. Yeah, so, I find that too. So I, I got a flip that I'm working on now. And everybody that comes through to look at it, like the thing is, it's, it's, it's in the hood, right? So I decided not to hold this one. But you do get frustrated when you see the folks that see, because they see the vision. They come in and they're like, and I'm like, damn. So no, you know, but it is what it is, man. Like, you know, sometimes you can't control that. But um, I do understand so your that, frustration. I'm going to say, how did that make you feel knowing that? Because I felt like doing that was like me giving my hood. I'm a, I sort of felt like I was a part of the problem. I'm giving my hood back to the people I'm trying to keep it from. I felt that way doing wholesale deals. I'll be very honest. I felt that way doing wholesale deals. Um, I kind of fell out of love with wholesale. So, you know, I'm a buy and hold guy with everything. Um, I'm always a net buyer when it comes to investing. I don't care what asset class it is, whether we talking crypto, whether we talking precious metal stock. I like to buy and hold. Um, but strategically speaking, I, you know, I found in real estate that I, I do buy and holds. But if I flip one every once in a while, that'll help me keep the mortgages down on other properties. Right. So it was, it was strategically, but I do get the feeling sometimes when you see people that come around. So, you know, I'm, I'm figuring things out. I'm figuring out, you know, one of the things I'm still trying to get better at is like the rent to own programs. Um, so there's, there's ways to do things. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about real estate is you never know it all. I've been investing in real estate for a long time, over 20 years, but I'm still learning, which is amazing. And I'm learning from not only uh, my elders, but I learned from folks that are younger, younger than me. A lot of people that come on the show give me a lot of game. So, um, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to learn from you in terms of you. You taught me today about, you know, the whole property management. You you only given us four. You said you got 10. So I'm yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm let you hold that back because I, I know you're going to, you know, put that as part of your class. But even you even you sharing those four things, you made my you spark something and like, OK, I see right there how you can yeah. get like multiple. My, bags. My, man, my man running head first into a bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah so my thing is that the folks the folks that listen to our show and watch our show if you look at some of these young people that we have on here who are doing things in real estate we got so many people giving game in terms of like lease options but he just talked about with property management that was a gem that's a real gem so but but to answer your question i know that feeling but you know again there's ways around it that the, the rent to own is something that i'm really looking forward to like really doubling down on learning because that's a way to put people in position to have ownership who might not be ready at this moment. You know what I'm saying? But but the thing is, and for my people out there who are investors that have a license, you still have to protect your license, right? And you know, you can't just pick who you want to sell to. You have to protect your license at all costs. So I'm going to put that out there. Um, yeah, man. But listen, I, I just want to say thank you for sharing your story, man. Thank you for the kind words that you said about us and what we're building It's definitely appreciated, man. We love having you as part of the community because you have a lot to, uh, to 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 share and to help folks. So I'm pretty sure for the folks that watch this within the community, when they see that gym with just those four, 
they're gonna be in your inbox looking for the other six. But <laughs> 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 but no, man, listen, I just want to wish you much continued success. And for the folks out there watching, I will put his um IG feed within the description box, um, as well as his website and everything, so you can check out what he's got going on, watch him continue to build. And, you know, support this brother, man, because he's a good brother. You know, another Central graduate. We out here changing the world, all of us Central grads. So, man, I just want to say thank you for your time, Lorenz. I really appreciate you. Look, no problem, man. I can't wait till tomorrow in D.C. I'm ready to rock. Got my let, notes ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's definitely go. will be in the MDC tomorrow, man. And for the folks out there, man, listen, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for supporting this. Please support Lorenzo. As we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.